On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, the Thunder make a series of transactions. SGA returns to the hardwood and a special edition of Stockwatch around the NBA and within the Oklahoma City Thunder. All of that and more coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. We're Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into a special edition of Stockwatch, the NBA, the Thunder, all that's happening now that the All Star break is over. And the Oklahoma City Blue make a few trades and the Thunder finish out their roster for the downstretch of this season and SGA returns from injury let's get into it with the roster transactions first with the thunder uh, they do sign the sar to a two-way deal the roster is completely full now they signed sar to a 10-day deal earlier this season he played in two games scored two points uh and three rebounds per game shooting 33 percent from the floor the 23 year old from kentucky university a seven footer and Remember, they signed Lindy Waters to a two-year two-way deal. This is just a two-way deal for the rest of this season. Uh, And he wore number 30 earlier. He'll wear number 30 again to finish out the season on this two-way deal. Uh, Now, there was a lot of questions uh, about this deal. The roster post-deadline is set now. Going way back before the deadline, they waived Gabriel Deck. uh, And then they waived Casey Akpala, who they acquired at the deadline. And then they signed Aaron Wiggins from a two-way deal to an NBA contract, leaving open a two-way spot after they waived Paul Watson Jr. from his two-way contract and signed Lindy Waters the third to that two-way spot. And so now that spot's filled by Olivier Saar. And of all the options out there, why Saar? You had Mamadi Diake, who played fantastic for the Thunder on his three t- 10-day deals, who played fantastic for the Thunder in training camp, who since the preseason, every part of the organization has raved about the AK and his ability to play basketball. And yet you go with SAR instead of the AK. It's interesting. Uh, it seemed as though the AK would be the uh, kind of most convenient and most obvious choice. Uh, I think that SAR provides front court depth and it allows them to have lineups that they wouldn't otherwise have. I mean, this is the only seven footer on the team and the only guy who can truly uh, play a traditional center role. So there's something to be said for that, but I can understand the confusion as to why it's not the who played so well for the thunder uh, during his time with the organization this year. And now on this two way front, this is the throwaway two way. Most teams and the thunder are included in this have a, just a throwaway spot that they have on their team. And the Thunder prioritize two-way players and prioritize two-way deals more than any other team. And they really try to take advantage of it. But even 
they have limits to that. And with Sar, to me, there's no real hope of him becoming uh, a contract you eventually convert to a full-time deal like Lou Dort was, like Wiggins was, even like Burton and Moses Brown were. He's just, he doesn't have that NBA potential. He's going to be a guy that bounces back and forth between the NBA and the G League and primarily stays in the G League or plays overseas or, or just does whatever he chooses to do in his basketball career. Uh, but you shouldn't look into this more so than just they threw the roster spot away to get a different look and a different lineup combination and a different uh, just play style that they can now throw out there. You, you see how limited he is in the games he's played so far for the Thunder. Uh, even his most recent game, which is kind of his best game uh, that happened against the Pacers, he missed two dunks, made two dunks, was okay down low, fouled a ton. Even though he's so big, it's still hard to defend down low in the NBA, and it gets him into foul trouble. Uh, even had the flagrant foul that can go either way, and if it was, should have been a flagrant or not. But nonetheless, uh, it's not as though this is just an elite rim protector or something of that nature. So Sar being signed doesn't really matter, but I can see where a lot of fans would think that there was better options out there than what the Thunder ended up going with. And the blue, though, made a ton of moves, and they might be making another one here pretty soon. So it started off with the blue trading Melvin Frazier for Robert Wooder and a G League first-round pick. Yes, a future first-round pick is coming to Oklahoma City, but it will be in the G League draft for the Oklahoma City Blue. Uh, Melvin Frazier was one of the best players this year for the Blue, but Woodard had that NBA potential. And look, he's 22 years old, 6'6", from Mississippi State. He's played 23 career NBA games, shoots 30% from three, uh, and has about one attempt per game from beyond the arc. He played for the Kings in his NBA career. He was somebody who uh, NBA draft people loved and just caught a lot of attention, got a lot of eyes from the NBA draft media. I don't think that he truly will make it to the NBA or, or kind of revamp his career, but of all the people you could throw into a, a G League contract, he has some of the highest upside along with who they acquired in the next couple of days from that move. Jemias Ramsey from Texas Tech. Another guy who some draft people loved in the 2022 draft cycle, albeit that draft cycle lasted a month, so it was easy to kind of talk yourself into a lot of these prospects when you have so much time to look over the same film and statistics and synergy and things like that. But for Ramsey, I think that the path to the NBA is a lot easier. Uh, he shot 27% from deep in his career. However, in eight G League games this year, Ramsey's averaging 19 points, four rebounds, three assists on 50% shooting from distance uh, on five attempts per game in the G League. I think that of these two players, it's going to be Ramsey who has the clearest path to an NBA deal uh, and to an NBA uh, lifestyle more so than Woodard. He also just seems more interested and, and more motivated on the court but that's a lot of looking into it. They got Ramsey from uh, Birmingham for the player rights to Jason Randall. If you remember him, he was in training camp for the Thunder a couple of seasons, and it's not a, really a big move in here. Again, you trade the player rights to Randall for a guy in Jamarcus Ramsey that might be able to see himself resurrect his NBA career and a guy who a lot of people loved in, coming out of that draft in 2020. Uh, and with Ramsey the clearest path would be a two-way deal of some sort. Either this year, you know, you waive Sarf's two-way deal and you sign him at the end of the season with the last 10 games or so, or next off season or whatever the case is. But 
Ramsey will be an interesting player to watch. Woodard as well, because people did love him as well in the 2022 draft, but in 2020 draft, I should say, but more so I'm interested in Ramsey, who also played for the Kings. So a couple of Kings outcasts getting uh, getting the boot and coming to Oklahoma City to try to resurrect their career in the Thunder. I've done this before. The Thunder love investing in the Oklahoma City Blue, and they love investing in uh, the G League and, and think that that's kind of a unique tool to help your franchise get advantages both with player development of players who you are already invested in and also taking flyers and shots on players who have fallen by the cracks of other organizations. So we'll see where it lands. We'll see how uh, good or bad or indifferent these moves will be or if we're, if we're even talking about them uh, in a year's time. But it is interesting to note for now. I do want to tell you right now that betonline.ag is the place you want to be. Football might be over this season, but basketball's in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player props, to where the next uh, coach that's fired is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. Betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and even Olympic coverage and information. Head over to the website today and use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline.net. Again, that's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, go check out the Lockdown Podcast. Now podcast, it's a nightly recap of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's a free and available uh, podcast anywhere. You get podcasts from including on YouTube and the podcasting apps, just like Locked on Thunder. We're free and available across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. So make sure you go subscribe and check us out for free every day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. And that gets a little more interesting with the return of Shea Gildas-Alexander. Now, remember his injury happened mid to late January, and the whole time the Thunder were telling you he's going to be reevaluated in the All-Star break or during the All-Star break. And then right before the break, Mark said that he's on track and he's progressing nicely. And then during the All-Star Saturday night or Sunday night events, uh, SGA posted an Instagram picture of him warming up in Madison Square Garden and captioned it soon with a clock emoji and eyes emojis and things like that. He's also wearing a headband in the picture, which makes us think that the headband's returning as well with SGA from this injury. Uh, I, I think that this all but confirmed the SGA's return, and then Mark did confirm it on Wednesday ahead of the back-to-back for the Thunder, which happens Thursday and Friday, taking on the Suns and the Pacers on a home road back-to-back, and he will return at that date. And it makes this season more interesting because you have to find reasons for uh, optimism and also reasons to watch these games. If you're just a fan and and you know, the deal with the team and you know that they're playing for draft position, things like that. These storylines are what gets you interested in the season more so than the scoreboard. And the biggest storyline for the thunder and will be for the next two, three, four years, however long this takes is, getting SGA and Josh Giddy meshed together. Look, it's clear that Sam Presti 
has done a phenomenal job in drafting Josh Giddy. It's clear that Josh Giddy is a blue chip prospect. It's clear that Josh Giddy uh, you know, is a guy you can start to build a franchise team with and a championship team with. As is SGA. SGA is a phenomenal player. Should have been an all-star last year. This year, not so much. But last year, should have been an all-star. And you now have two guys who you put in tier one of a rebuilding team. And you're rebuilding. You're trying to find two, three superstars to help you get back to the promised land. These are two guys who should be on track and are developing on track to be the two building block cornerstone superstar players of your organization. And they need time to figure out how to play together, figure out what works, figure out what doesn't work. There's going to be a lot of overreaction along the way. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of just insane theories and articles and uh, reading the tea leaves too closely. But these two need to get on the same page and they just simply haven't had the time to do it. I mean, SGA's played 44 games, uh, and Josh Giddy is still a rookie. They're going to mesh, though. They're too good not to. And, and we've said all along that SGA, his skill set can bend and fluctuate and work around anybody. It's what made Sam Presti's job a lot easier whenever you turn your franchise player and, and your max contract player to into SGA. He was like a chameleon. He can play with these, all these different lineups and all these different play styles. He can play on ball. He can play off ball. Finding the proper balance, finding uh, the spots to do both, because you're going to have to do both with each with each player. Each player is going to have to play on ball as a pro, predominant ball handler and off ball at different times. That's going to be the storyline you watch in the last 24 games. That's going to be the storyline you overreact to for 24 games and then for an entire summer. And that's going to be a storyline that you watch all of next year and until they get it working at the proper level. But you shouldn't rush out and trade anybody if something goes wrong. You shouldn't rush out and make a rash decision on 24 games. You've got SGA locked up on a five-year max contract with zero opt-outs. You've got Josh Gideon on his rookie contract. You don't go look for drama. You let drama find you. And as of right now, you sit back and see how these two can work together. Not if, but how. Because they're too talented not to. And by all accounts right now, they're too motivated not to. By all accounts right now, they are excited to work together and build it for the future and try to become the best versions of themselves and this team as possible. So that's what I mean whenever I say don't, don't go looking for drama. Let the drama find you. The NBA is full of disgruntled stars. It's full of storylines. If it's not meant to be, the players will let you know about it pretty publicly, pretty openly, demanding trade requests, things like that. So let's just let it ride for now and think about what's happening on the floor. However, it's time now as we wait for SGA's return to play a very, very special edition of Stock Watch because Stock Watch is the game show that's sweeping the nation. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. 
I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. We are ready for Stock Watch. It's a novel concept where we buy and sell stock in NBA players, ideas, trades, teams, anything you can think of. Let's start with the Thunder Stock Watch. Buy or sell stock in Josh Giddy being the number one option on a title contending type of team. Has his recent rookie stretch of three straight double doubles, four total double doubles, convinced you one way or the other. In my opinion, Josh Giddy can be a number one option on a championship level team. And, and this looks different for Josh Giddy than it would say for LeBron or for Ja or for you know, any of these other superstars that, that you want to throw out there. Because his number one option won't be a 50-point playoff game, in my opinion. It just won't be him scoring 50 in the playoffs and dominating in that way. It'll be scoring 30 or 32 or 33 and then dishing out 15 assists and getting 12 rebounds and just taking over a game that way with his eyes. That will be uh, the the way that John Morant, I mean, the way that Josh Giddy controls a game and is a more option more so than John Morant, who will go score 50 and go score 50 on the road and have 50,000 massive dunks and really have that energy and passion that leads your franchise by himself. Right. And I think that he can do it though. And I think that he really can from what we've seen so far. Buy or sell SJ and Josh Giddy coexisting together. I am buying it. And again, I can't predict if SGA will eventually get bored of playing off ball. I can't predict if Josh Giddy will eventually get bored of taking turns. You, know, you can't predict personality. We just nobody knows these guys enough to predict personality and how they're going to feel about their assigned roles. But is there roles for each to play on the basketball floor that can allow them to thrive and play championship level basketball? Yes, you can put them in a spot on the basketball floor where they can play championship-level basketball together. Will they want to do that? Who knows? And, I don't, and I'm not going to assume they do or don't. But just speaking strictly basketball-wise, is there a way for them to become superstars together and run the Western Conference and be an NBA perennial title contender? Yes, there is. There absolutely is. And we've seen both of them just display those skill sets. We saw SGA's first in Oklahoma City playoff ball and be phenomenal. We've seen Josh Giddy be the point guard, solely the point guard, and be incredible. Buy or sell, here's an interesting one for you, Russell Westbrook's legacy. Look, people are talking reckless on Russell Westbrook. Now, I am not a Russell Westbrook just stand homer that he can do no wrong and he's above criticism, but the idea that he does not belong in the top 75 players of all time list is ludicrous. It's just ridiculous. I don't even know how that started or where that started. You cannot be a prisoner of the moment and look at what's happened with the Lakers or what's happened with Washington. Take away what he was at his peak in his prime of powers, Russell Westbrook. He's absolutely better than Tony Parker. He's better than Tony Parker or Manu Ginobili or whoever else you want to throw out there. He should be on the top 75 player list. He's better than Clay Thompson, who is the self-appointed 76th overall player in NBA history. He He's in no way somebody you take off that list to kind of fit in a, a, a snub uh, from the from the actual uh, top 25 players in the NBA for the 75th anniversary season. 
And then the last one, another weird one, the Thunder jerseys for next year got leaked. You know, they always have the special city edition jerseys. And this jersey is an all gray jersey with blue piping down the side. It kind of looks like a Duke Blue Devil jersey. No, I do not like the Duke Blue Devils as a basketball program, but I do like these jerseys. And I did not see many people saying that they liked them. I thought they were a fine jersey. Now, I will say I don't love them being more of a road concept because I don't know if they're going to do. I know that we've lost the tradition of home team wears a light color, road team wears a dark color. That's no longer a thing in the NBA or really in any sport. Uh, but I don't know how you make a city edition you know, court off of these gray and blue kind of standard jerseys. And that's where I fall out of favor with them because I do want the Thunder to continue to have a special court for special games. It just kind of gives a refreshed feeling and a refreshed look for these games that can kind of run together a little bit. It just kind of resets everything when they play on that nice city edition court. Now, granted, they knock that court out of the park. And so... That is a court that the Thunder should be very proud of and the Thunder should love that they have. And you don't want to go that well too often and mess it up, but I do want to see them kind of change up the court every year now. I just love that feature. And from the leak we saw, if it is true, I don't know how you change a court to match that or, or to have any special meaning to that. So I, I'm big on it as a jersey, not big on it in the ulterior thing, alternative things such as probably not going to get a fake court, not a fake court, but an alternate court if those are your alternate jerseys. We'll see how that all shakes out. I do want to tell you right now, though, but a good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have been going to rockauto.com and buying all the car parts your car could ever need, and you probably could even write an email properly yet 20 years ago. That's how long ago this was. You choose your car part by choosing your make, your model, your year, and they're only going to show you car parts that are compatible with your vehicle, and you can save a ton of money. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars, absolutely nothing. Not a thing about cars. But the only thing I need to know is when I make my model, my year, and then they're going to show me those car, those car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. And also, they don't know that I know nothing about cars. They don't know who I am. I could be a mechanic. I could be a professional car builder, right? Or a do-it-yourselfer or someone like me who knows nothing, a basketball podcaster. I could be anything and they're going to give me that same reliably low price for all the parts I'm ever going to need at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com, right? Lockdown sent you and how did you hear about a box? And they'll know what to do from there. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com we are back on the locked on thunder podcast on the locked on podcast network your teams every day i'm your host rylan styles you can follow me on twitter at rylan underscore styles follow the show on twitter at lo thunderpod email the show lo thunderpod at gmail.com and let's shift the stock watch to finish the show to nba stock watch Buy or sell the Philadelphia 76ers as a team now past the deadline that has Joel Embiid and has James Harden. I'm buying everything I can about the Sixers. I think that this team is going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that this team is an awesome team that might run into some problem with Milwaukee. I still got to respect the heck out of Milwaukee. Obviously, Brooklyn is interesting, but how long do we keep 
giving them the courtesy of waiting and seeing when they put it together, right? I, I think that with the Sixers, if I had to pick right now, I'm putting them in the finals from the Eastern, from the Eastern Conference. I'm putting them in the NBA Finals. I love this Sixers makeup. I love what we're seeing from Philadelphia, especially post-trade. I would have liked to keep Seth Curry, but again, uh, beggars can't be choosers, and the, and the trade had to go down for the Sixers. I, I love the move to bring Harden and Embiid together. That's a duo that I think can be unstoppable. I really do. So moving on to the Zion Pelicans fiasco, man, I don't know what the Pelicans should do here. I mean, uh, he seemingly is doing it better in the sense of praising his teammates on Instagram more, or if you kind of count social media uh, in this, in this equation, it seems like now there's a report that it's all on David Griffin. Like he just doesn't trust David Griffin, but loves the team, loves the city, loves the organization outside of David Griffin. And if that's the case, you just fire Griffin and try to move forward with Zion. I know that there was an early rush to just trade him away because of uh, CJ McCollum getting traded over there and not talking to him and not being able to contact him. CJ tried to talk to him, couldn't contact him. Uh, but I get from the Pelicans perspective, you kind of want to limit distractions and think about trading him because he's never given the indication he wants to be there. He's never given uh, the outlook of, of a positive outlook for the Pelicans, but he's such a great player that if he truly believes, and if you truly believe him and him saying that David Griffin's the only problem, the only issue, well, then you, you move on from David Griffin and you let Zion grow into this generational star that he could obviously he needs to rehab from injuries and he needs to stay healthy. He needs to do all the other things on his end. But if organizationally his only problem is David Griffin, move on from Griffin and try this again next year. And then if there's still recurring issues, then you try to trade him. But I would not move Zion this year. He's obviously going to sign that contract extension this year, probably obviously to where you can't trade him anyway, but I would take this into next off season and then reevaluate at that time and not make any sweeping decisions right now. And then the last stock watch for today will be the Suns without Chris Paul for the next six to eight weeks. I still think this is a great team. I think this is the team that will, uh, obviously, you know, it's hard to go on the pace that they were on pre-Chris uh, Paul injury where they lost, what, what for like 10 games in, in the first half of the season, if that. I don't even, I don't even know if they're at double-digit losses yet. Uh, right now they currently sit at 49 and 11, so just now at double-digit losses. I think that this is still a great team and that they will uh, hold on to the one seed. They're six games up right now. They're going to finish with the one seed. Maybe it's going to be three games up in the one seed now, but still they're going to finish with the one seed uh, this year, even without Chris Paul. And then you just hope to get him healthy. And depending on how the play in tournament goes, you might get to rest Chris Paul into the first round and just really have him there for you later on in the season. So we're going to continue lockdown thunder tomorrow. Never recap the Thunder and Pacers game. Until then, be good. Be good to one another.